lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Jeremy Lee in the building and every guest that you ever needed. Sports cards after hours keep the hobby heated. Updates hobby talk like you've never seen it. Sports cards live and I could ever beat it. Sports cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Welcome to another episode of Sports Cards Live with your host, Jeremy Lee. All right, everybody, welcome. Here we go. This is episode number 107 of Sports Cards Live. It is Saturday night, July the 24th, 2021, and my name is Jeremy Lee. All right, I do want to thank last Saturday's guest, Peter Pacman, who joined for, for a, an awesome episode. What a great discussion we had. I also want to thank Adam Gray, who joined for the PWCC Premier Auction Ending Watch Party. How about that PSA 10, Michael Jordan, everybody? What a what an interesting sale that was, and um, who knows what it means for the hobby at this point. But definitely something that we had a lot of fun watching happen right in front of our eyes. On After Hours this evening, we have Phil Orlando, also known as Filmington, a very popular YouTube channel content creator, and uh, he's one cool cat, so you'll want to stick around for that for sure. I want to uh, also let you know that next Saturday, no regular Sports Cards Live shows, guys. I will be at the National. I will be doing, I will be having supper and hanging out with some people on Saturday night, I am sure. But do stay kind of uh, attentive to the channel or to the Facebook group. I will be doing a few things here and there. So things will pop up during the day. That is the plan for now. All right. We are closing in on 45, sorry, 3,300 subscribers. And I just want to thank everybody who is subscribed. As always, I do appreciate you. And also to all the loyal podcast listeners, much, much appreciated. Want to shout out the Big 3 Hockey on Instagram, guys. Give them a follow. They showcase fine, fine singles on Instagram all the time and are great supporters of the channel. And I also want to let you know, as always, and especially tonight, we have Dr. James Beckett joining us in just about 10 seconds. Your comments, your questions are in play, so do not hesitate. Let's get it started. Dr. Beckett, there you are. How are you doing tonight? I'm great, Jeremy. Glad to be on. It, it is great to have you. As always, the last time you were on was January the 9th, I believe it was. And uh, a, a lot has happened since then, my friend. A lot has happened since then. So we're going to get to some of those things. Before we do, let's say hello to Ian Undercover. Good evening, Ian. Brody the Kid is with us. And uh, Rocco Rosado. Rocco's here. He says a hearty hobby hello to all, especially Dr. Jim, the hobbies patriarch and ambassador it'll surely be an interesting insight welcome as always Rocco adventures with Troy is here good evening wants to thank you Jim for doing the live stream look who we have here Uncle Rich Klein card show I'm gonna call him he's like your you guys are card show partners because I whenever I hear you or Rich talk about going to shows you're always yeah Rich will be over there doing this Jim will be over there doing that you guys you guys like to do the card show together it's really it's really wonderful. Mike Wick, good evening. Glad you have some popcorn ready. We got Mo City Coog. Welcome to the show. I don't think I've seen your name before, so glad to have you along. Jeff McMahon, Jordan Hagedorn. I know he's a friend of yours, Jim. Welcome to the show, Jordan. Victor, the rookie card spe specialist. I heard you say earlier today, Jim, that I think you said you preferred him. He was called the rookie card theorist. That's what you originally called him, and I think maybe Victor would prefer to be the specialist. But uh, yeah, but, uh, Victor has some. He's really developed his theories. 
and he's sure a specialist has. and all-time greats, all that stuff. So he's a great guy. I'm looking forward to seeing him in Chicago, particularly. Yeah, so so am I. I'm going to see him there for sure. I cannot wait. Uh, everybody, make sure you check out Victor's channel. It is called Victor, the Rookie Card Specialist. We got Coronado in the house, one for the task. Good evening. Novus Vitas, good evening. Michael Ham, how are you doing? Game Time Gallery. Rich Klein makes a good point. Jordan got married last week. I did congratulate him on uh, on Instagram and Facebook. Jordan, congratulations to you and your beautiful bride. Very happy for you both. And Novus Vitas, hey, another first timer. I think I just might have said that. Welcome to the channel and to the show and to Dr. Beckett. This is your this is your fourth time on the show. Uh, uh, and Frankie. Fra- it's Frankie's birthday today, everybody. Wish Frankie. This is Frankie 3500. He was on the show a couple weeks ago. Happy birthday to you, Frankie. So, Jim, let's 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 get right into uh, what I, you know. Everyone's talking about the national, and I'm wearing my trade night shirt. This is the trade night shirt from from Chicago 2019. You can see it right there. I wore it in, in spirit of the the upcoming uh, national that starts in about three or four days. Can't wait for it. I, I know I've I've been very uh, giddy about it for many weeks, many weeks in advance. Uh, how about you? How are you? Uh, what's your excitement level like right now? Well, I'm just excited about the whole thing. I mean, it's really not uh, about any one particular event. And as we've discussed, it's there's some individual activities where you're meeting one-on-one with a dealer or somebody that you encounter at the show and you have a, a conversation with them. And then there's these group activities that are not mass hysteria, but an awful lot of fun. And uh, I, I make a distinction between those two in terms of COVID and the way people will look at those things. And I think this year I'm probably going to be more on the one-on-ones and very small groups. Fair, fair approach, especially, you know, well, for, for those exact reasons, you know, it seems to me like uh, there are, you know, there's, there's back-to-back trade nights on the Thursday night. This one is being repeated, put on by card collector two and uh, Jimmy from Kentucky, I believe with some sponsors now uh, last year they had, or two years ago, they had sponsors. Now I believe they have more than Blake Jameson, one of the tops artists uh, along with a few others are hosting a trade night that is basically right after the first one. And then there's all sorts of other get togethers that are being arranged by various content creators, various companies. It, it seems like the, the social calendar is going to be uh, a highlight this year, maybe more so for me, I can speak for myself more so than ever before. Uh, basically from zero to a hundred in, in two years. And uh, so obviously looking forward to that, seeing all the people, all the people that we've had the chance to meet virtually over the past year. Uh, but we have to be cautious. Uh, I'm going, I'm going to choose to be cautious because I do need to cross the border to come home to my two young kids and, and all that. So, um, but you know, for you, Jim, cards wise, do you have any plans? Do you have any plan? What's your approach card-wise at the show this year? I think this year I need to be concentrated more on the relationships and the people because we've got a two-year thing. I, it's turning out that I can get cards more easily than I thought. <laughs> In the last year, the shows down here are quite a bit bigger with a, a, a strong roster of national dealers that Kyle brings in. And so if I want to buy some cards, I can buy some cards online, offline, uh, in person, virtually. 
there's opportunities to buy cards, but there's not opportunity. And there's opportunities to have a Zoom conversation, but not a real life conversation. So I, I need to emphasize more, uh, you know, I'm still going to be spending time catching my breath. I'm actually going to catch my breath looking at cards. <laughs> Somebody asked me earlier today, they said, what do you actually collect? Now we can see behind you and I, I you know, I, be- I believe you collect Hall of Famers, rookie cards, that sort of thing. But can you just provide a sort of a, you know, bird's eye view of, of what you uh, collect? Any certain sets? Uh, do you collect all the top sets from the 50s, the 60s, that kind of summary? No, I don't think I, I, I already did all that stuff. So, I mean, now I think it's when I look in the, um, you know, in the boxes I'm going through, I'm picking out cards. I'm going to pick out a few that I can just resell and pay for the rest of them. But the ones I'm going to keep are ones that have uh, some local interest or, you know, some particular interest that I could eventually consider putting up on my wall of fame. So I think that's, that that's more of it. I want to have a display for people to come over and maybe one of these days you will, but it's, I, I want to have something for everybody for an advanced collector, as well as uh, somebody that's interested in the local heroes. And so I've got a thousand spaces to work with. And, I, you know, as uh, Adam Gray, our, our buddy does, I'm going to be winnowing and, and reducing. He's got a top hundred. I'm going to have a top thousand. So, but I'm not really finding things in the top hundred. I'm not buying expensive cards. I'm, I'm buying uh, uh, really good cards of bad players. <laughs> if you look at a dollar box, you find either really good cards of not so good players or, or, or bad cards of good players. <laughs> and I don't need any bad cards of good players. And, uh, but low supply, low demand is what I, what I look at. And I, I'm, I'm a very patient seller. Yeah. I find myself uh, just really mesmerized by the cards on, on the, in the background right now. I see the Cam Neely rookie up there on the top left and uh, I'm going to swap them out. This is just one of the, this is one of about 10 panels. So okay. uh, I need to rotate it, but I've been doing this and I, I need to scrunch them up a little bit. So uh, not only that people can are, you know, kind of getting their uh, magnifying glass out, figure out what's there. So but it'd be fun to swap them out. I, I think that's going to be, that's one of the reasons it's fun to come on your show and other shows that have a video component. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm, I'm looking at that Jackie rookie just above your, uh, your left temple there. Beautiful. John, Newman, John Newman's already uh, lusting after that. <laughs> I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Joe Perot says, wow, the Beckett wall of fame. Love to see that. Good evening, folks. Good evening, Joe. Logan Ward. Good evening to you. Steve, uh, where did it go? It popped up on me. Steve, sir, good evening. We are back in Michigan. It's good to be home to catch a live one. Great to have you, Steve. I don't, this might be slip. I'm not sure. It says, I collect empty White Castle boxes. Well, that's, uh, or, yeah, maybe, maybe it's maybe it's uh, slip. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, Rich Klein says, I saw Ron Palmer today at Triple Cards, and he assured me that he will have plenty of cards for you at the next Dallas Card Show event in August. There you go. Michael Hamm, it's going to be his first national. Kind of nervous. Don't, do, don't know what to expect. expect. Expect just a plethora of cards and action and um, people. And, you know, just expect to expect to be wowed. I think you're going to be wowed. If you've never, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been to 12 or 13. I feel like this is going to be something I've never seen before. I wasn't at the Anaheim National in 1991 that is known to be the the most the busiest one ever. 
I think we're all in for quite a nice sort of – or Ian Undercover says it well he, Well, here. He says – "I right here. So he says, I visualize it in my head like an adult Disneyland. Well, that's uh, – <laughs> I think that might be quite quite an astute comment, actually, because that, that's what it's going to be for me. Uh, Jim, do you f- feel that way? Well, when you when you get to Disneyland, you you walk in in the Main Street area, and you're looking out, and it's more than what your eye can take in. That's the same thing you get at the National. You walk in the front door, and you kind of see this is a really big place, but it's even bigger than you think. It's really hard to get around. You got if you really want to see every table, you've got three or four minutes for each one, and 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 then the show's over. So it's 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 a sensory overload. And uh, I find that I have more enjoyment and fun if I have less, less agenda. Yeah. Le- leave plenty of time for flex, not flexing, but flex time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. H- have have the ability to n- not have something planned because you're going to need to be nimble and uh, versatile while you're there with your with your time. Let's uh, touch on a t- another topic with respect to the national. We talked about it this morning on Hobby Hotline. Someone made the comment that uh, they felt like the national was really for pros in the hobby, and that if you're not a pro, you might be sort of uh, out of place there. And um, we chatted about it a bit, but I want to touch on it a little bit further tonight. I made the comment that you know, at the at the end of the day, it, it's a card and sports memorabilia show. It, it's meant for collectors to go to, whether you're introvert, extrovert, high end, low end, mid end. There's something for everybody. You made why don't well, you made a you made a really an interesting follow up comment. Uh, why don't you take it from there? Well, I think everybody thinks they're a pro. It's, I, I mentioned that you know when you uh, are a, a high school, a highly touted high school basketball player, you want to go straight to the NBA, and a few people can do that. So, I think in this industry, people think they can go from high school to the to the NBA. And in the last year, how many people have come in and gone, as you say, from zero to 60 in, in three seconds? And they listen to a lot of podcasts, including yours, and they feel like they're up to speed. So they think it's like, it's like the college athletes, they get an agent. They, they, they're going pro. They're, turning, they're, they're setting their sights on the NBA or the NFL, and, uh, and they're not turning back. And so pro is uh, – is as the uh, as they want to define it. I don't think a bunch of people are going to the national um, if they don't consider that they have some professional understanding, because otherwise they'll get overwhelmed. They they have to understand something about the hobby, or they or it just will. If they're too casual, it's going to be a huge crowd. They're liable to stay home. But I think people think this is a great hobby. They can get up to speed and they can compete. And many of them can, and many have been burned in the last six months, but many of them can. And I think we're going to see record attendance. And I think they're going to think they're in it. They're really in it. And if they're not, they're going to leave. And uh, I still think the 22, the 2022 national may be even better. And I hope it is. I think, you know, I think there's a lot of, obviously, there's a lot of new people in the hobby. Be, let's, you know, beginner. There's some people who have really come in in the last couple of months. So, so real beginners. Uh, who, they, don't, who have, they don't think they're beginners. Well, and, and part of that might be because they're taking in and consuming so much content. And 
And so they feel like maybe they have some insights, which, and perhaps they do. I'm not saying that they don't. They they do have insights. They have the insights that have been given to them. They, uh, like I've made this distinction, too many of the uh, influencers tell them what to think instead of how to think. How to think takes a lot longer. That's, that's a real education, but learning some facts and having some specialization in like one player or one type of card, you can get up to speed pretty quickly with a short list, but the broad understanding takes a while. I feel like a lot of the hobby has gotten smarter over the last six months and that, and what I mean by that is in terms of what a lot of uh, content creators are saying now is collect what you like. You know, buy the card, not the grade. Make sure it resonates with you. Make sure you're going to want to look at these cards five, ten years from now. Instead of buy it today, it's going to be worth triple, triple uh, in two months. I'm hearing more of those kind of collector-focused comments than I was, you know, from last fall to early spring, sort of thing. So I, 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 I'm, I'm glad to see this. I want to bring up a comment, a question here from Trigger Finger. He says hello to you. What are your thoughts on the past few years of the hobby and its future based on your extensive experience and insights, the good and the bad? I think we're going to look at this national and have difficulty comparing it to two years ago. Uh, Same location. uh, You know, of course, we've had COVID in between, but I think we're in a new a new era. You know, uh, is it the golden age? Is it the platinum age? Is it the bronze age? Uh, you know, I think the hobby's at another at another level now. Uh, the level of corporate and uh, private equity and SPAC interest is is at a whole nother. It's in a stratosphere compared to where it was, and so we're going to look at 2019 as being a, a turning point in the industry and and early 20, 2020, 21 now. You know that that uh, this is a new deal. It's a new deal. You know, that perhaps that's a, a good uh, sort of segue into, I wanted to, I wanted to show everybody uh, a clip from you and me when you were on with me in January. Um, and let me just uh, tee this up really quick here, everybody. So this is, this is a, uh, we're going to have about a about a 30 second i think it's a 30 second or so clip 40 50 seconds uh from again early january oh hold on that did not work um and i just want to share some some of the the comments that dr beckett made and uh and just just how um insightful it was at the time you you'll know what i mean when i show it so here i'm going to bring it up right here and i'm going to hit play so have a listen to this, everybody, and just put this. In, now, keep in mind, this was January the 9th of this year. Here we go. I think FOMO is uh, thought of too narrowly. Basically, the FOMO that everybody's worried about right now is that I'm going to miss out on buying something because I'm going to feel stupid that I didn't buy it now. But there's another kind of FOMO that could happen, and that is that the fear of missing out on a selling opportunity, that right now everybody's buying, everything's hot. You know, a year from now, maybe not so much, and then you're going to be 
ticked off that you missed out on the opportunity to sell when everybody wanted to buy. And so there, there needs to be a healthy balance of fear on both sides. You know, that it's not, you just can't have this irrational exuberance that everything's always going to go up. So, so I, sh- I share that because what has happened since then? I think what I think what has happened is that FOMO, the fear of missing out on selling, has hit a lot of people right now for the past six, eight weeks uh, who who wish that they would have sold their cards in February and March. And I wanted to share it because it just it really and, and Jim, don't get bashful, but it really it proves that people who've been in the hobby for quite some time like the esteemed Dr. Beckett right there uh, have a lot to add to, to a lot of us newer people, a lot of us younger people and newer people in the hobby. And the insights that he shared right then and there at the beginning of January, and don't forget, that was even before we saw the extreme rises that happened at the end of at the end of that at the end of that month. So he was even early early on that that foresight. Um, it kind of made when I went back and looked at, it, I thought, wow, you know, yeah, that we <laughs> the fear of missing out is a hindsight. The fear of missing out on selling is a hindsight fear FOMO, whereas the fear of missing out on something that could go up in value in the future is a is a foresight or, or an, an, you know, it happens earlier in the process. Dr. Beckett, do you have any comments on that uh, at this point in time? Well, just to our earlier conversation, you know, if you're a pro, just like if you're a professional investor, you understand things go up, things go down. And so you're not going to bail out of the whole market. You're going to think, well, I, I was in the wrong sector or I, you know, or I, I need to uh, reallocate in some way. So hopefully people are learning from, and it, it's not necessarily a mistake as much as they might be too highly concentrated in one sport or one player because not everything went up and not everything went down. And that, that's the thing. The, it's so easy to get a partial education now that you can get up to speed in a very narrow way. Uh, but to get a fuller education, like a liberal arts education, where you know how to think, it takes a little bit longer. And um, and so hopefully people are going to stay for the duration and enjoy and understand if they balance out these fears. Uh, I mean, that's like any other market. <laughs> it's, it's, baseball cards aren't going to be that much different. Hockey cards, um, you know, but so many people were so highly concentrated in basketball. Uh and, and there are no sure things. There are no sure things in, in life. No, I think if you have a gut instinct, a gut feel, maybe you just need to act on it. And if people had that gut feel to sell in February, March, and some some did, obviously some did, because the people that were buying had to buy them from somebody. Well, so. some, of the, some of the smartest investors have, have been the ones that when everybody's buying, uh, they sell. And when everybody's selling, they buy. And that is that has not been what that was not what was happening in our industry last year. No, no, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a a lot of exuberance, as you said. I'm going to run through some comments here. We've got we've got lots. I want to thank everybody. If you're if you're new to Sports Cards Live, thank you for joining. Please subscribe to the channel. Hit that thumbs up button. We appreciate that. Uh, Andy Mack wants to know, where do you keep the Maurice Richard and the Gordie Howe rookie cards, Dr. Beckett? Don't have them anymore. 
don't have them. Okay, fair, fair. Oh, but how about this one? Do you have the Jeremy Lyricky card on that Beckett Wall of Fame? Not yet, eh? Not yet. I've, Not got, yet. I've got a couple of surprise cards that I will reveal that uh, it, probably early next year. I, I'm getting them graded by BGS, and I do not get special treatment. I get a, I get a good rate, but uh, I'm in line just like everybody else. Okay. Uh, good evening to Jim Sutt. How are you today, sir? Great to have you. Mike Wick wants to know if you made the Allen show last weekend and how was the foot traffic? Oh, to which Rich Klein responded, Rich I can see. That, yeah. I mean, Rich was watching the foot traffic go by his room. <laughs> they had a small room that, that was just right off the entrance. And uh, I think Rich did okay, but better on uh, Saturday and Sunday. Thursday was I wasn't there, but Thursday was not so good, according to everybody. And Friday was was really slow. But Saturday and Sunday, pretty normal. Normal strong, actually. So not just normal, but normal strong. Good, good. We have Irving Manera in the house. Good evening, Irving. Matthew Jones has had to make it here tonight, even though I'm here every Saturday night. Thank you so much, Matt. Great to have you. Logan is looking forward to downing some White Castle during the National. I cannot wait. We'll go do that together for sure. I, I, I'm very much interested in, in some White Castle coming up here pretty soon. Uh, Rich says, after more than 30 nationals, I still get overwhelmed when I walk in the door. Yeah, it's like butterflies, right? Logan agrees. Uh, Show Me says, 75% of today's YouTubers are Freddie Adu, highly touted the next Pele. Where is he now? I believe this will happen with several, with several YouTubers after the national. Yeah, you know, every, a lot of a lot, lot of athletes. Uh, it's, it's a lot of what have you done for me lately in the hobby, but... Um, you know, if you if you choose wisely, you can do you can still make you can still collect players who you really love and enjoy. So, um, okay, one for the task is Dr. Beckett. How do you think content creators and data tools have shortened the learning curve for those recently returning to the hobby, like myself? It's shortened the learning curve for for knowledge, but not for wisdom. You can accumulate yeah. knowledge and, and you can look things up really quickly and you get a pretty good understanding within a within a, a you know some finite amount of stuff. But the, the breadth of knowledge that Rich Klein has, that just doesn't come instantly. And you have, Jeremy. It's yeah. And it's that's fine. the wisdom that allows you to interpret the data and not just not just take it at face value. Yeah, agreed. Logan Ward says the national is sensory overload. Michael Hamm wants to know, what do you think the hot cards will be af- at and after the show? What are your predictions? I-, I can't make those predictions myself. Jim, you want to pipe in? I think the chat might have uh, given some comments there as well, but anything from you there? It's, 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 it's not the best question, I don't think. I mean, if something, uh, again, if you're going to learn a lot just at the show, whatever is flying off the shelves on Wednesday and Thursday you know, it's going to be gone or it's going to be then marked up. But if it's still sitting there on Saturday and Sunday, regardless of the price and it's not moving, you know, are, do you really want to chase the things that are moving that are, that are now at new world record prices? Or do you want to chase something that is, that hasn't made the move yet? Yeah. Oh, so I'm a little concerned that, that, you know, what's hot and what's cold you know, we had in our magazines back in the day, we, we have cards that would be hot and cold at the same time. <laughs> yeah. You know, guys that were, were loved and hated. Um, yeah. I, I'm going to throw out there very, very simply. I think I think what's going to be hot are go, is going to be 
rare cards of goat type players. Rare cards of goat type players, I think, are going to be hot this year at the National. Uh, COVID card collector says, Dr. B, do you wish you were still at the head of Beckett today? Maybe a little bit? I don't think even a little bit. I mean, I, I miss the guys. Uh, and if we could reassemble our dream team, that would be a lot of fun in a, in a fantasy sense. But no, I don't think so. I mean, it's uh, I've been gone a long time. And I, I want to be helpful. I, I met with Jeremy the other day, Jeremy, the other Jeremy, Jeremy Murray. And, uh, you know, he's, he's doing, he's got a tough job and he's, he's, he's doing an excellent job, but it's, it's very difficult. And I, I'd rather be a, I'm a pro bono consultant now. And I, I love doing that. And that means it, after I give advice or, you know, weigh in on something, the monkey is never on my back. I'm, I'm trying to be helpful to others. So yeah. uh, I've, I'm uh, no regrets. No, and you're very gracious with your time. Uh, M. Perk, watched so many times. The first time commenting live. Can't wait for the national. Hey, can't wait to see you there. And thank you for commenting for the first time. And thank you for watching many times. Great to have you on the show. Delon says, uh, stories about at the national where you've sold your whole booth and almost went sideways. Baseball card collector, investor, dealer, a YouTuber had a cool video today. I watched his video today, actually, Delon. I did watch that video, and uh, I found it high, uh, very enjoyable. He tells a great story, that that guy. So um, I don't have any real stories like that. I've, I've bought uh, large boxes of cards from other vendors at shows uh, on quite a regular basis, but I've never sold my whole booth before. Jim, any guy? Uh, Booth selling stories from you, or you've mostly been buying at shows. I yeah, I mean, I I, I didn't sell cards for decades, you know, because I, I bought I bought and sold cards in the seventies, uh, the very early eighties. But once the magazine got going, you know, it just didn't seem right. So we had a conflict of interest about doing that. And then since I've sold the company, I've got enough cards. So, but over the years, especially in the seventies, I bought out uh, tables and dealers, not at the national because. Uh, I was flying most of the time. So when I drive to a show, you could, you could buy somebody's table. And back in the seventies, if you bought out somebody's table, it, it wasn't as much money and, it, and you could fit it in your trunk. Now you'd need a semi. Yeah. Fair, fair comment for sure. Uh, Joe, I think he's quoting a couple of words you used earlier, irrational exuberance and a partial education. Wise words. No doubt. No doubt at all. We have Haas Bonaventure, first time catching the show live. Thank you so much, Haas. And it's a couple of first-time live watchers tonight. That's awesome. Rich Klein wants a Jeremy Lee rookie card. Hey, I got to learn how to play baseball. Or it's not like, sorry, I got to learn how to excel at playing baseball or one of the hockey, bas- maybe basketball. I am a taller fellow. So, do you do you have a card? Uh, not. I mean, I, I have some custom cards that I've had made at. Uh, at you know various shows like Upper Decks had some cards then, but no, I don't have a card from a card company. Okay. I haven't. <laughs> no, I do not. I do not. Uh, but I'll tell you that would be a dream. That would be pretty pretty darn cool. I got to tell you that. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. COVID card says very well said, Doctor B. Data tools are like free basing the hobby instead of enjoying overtime. Okay. Like yeah, just kind of it's a it's an accelerated uh, accelerated method i suppose uh that's epic short learning curve for knowledge but not wisdom yeah who said that that was eric myers eric myers in the house good evening eric 
COVID says that uh, this happened last week, uh, Jim, when COVID card collectors, I kept on saying COVID says this. <laughs> I'm going to just say Triple C says pro bono consultant. Great job in retirement. Cheers to Dr. Beckett. Triggerfinger wants to know, how do you see the future of Beckett changing? Will you be reopening for grading soon? So I don't, maybe Triggerfinger doesn't realize that you're not at the company anymore. Okay, but, uh, I'm going to go back to the company for one day and I'm going to put my grading order at the front of the line. <laughs> Apollo Heights, I don't know who Retro Boomin is, so I'm not going to address your comment. Mike Wick says, just curious what Dr. Beckett would be buying now if he can share. I think we already we already discussed that, uh, Mike, and that comment's a few minutes old, so I apologize. But that, yeah, I think you're looking for things to catch your eye. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, for example, Matthew Stafford, if I see something interesting for him, I'll pick that up. He went to high school uh, where my kids went to high school, and uh, and I think he could be – I mean, this is an investment tip, but you know, he's a change of location for a quarterback that's got a great arm uh, getting into a system, you know, he, 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 he may be a future hot. I don't know, but so any rate, so if I see something interesting of him or Dirk or other people that I think people in my geographic area would find of interest, I'll do it. But I, I stay away from the expensive Lucas stuff, you know, his rookie stuff, the expensive stuff. It's not, I, I don't want to collect that way. Yeah. No, fair. Collect what you like. Collect what you like. It's as simple as that. M. Perk says so many people are going to the National for the first time. Tough to define a pro. Just go and have fun. Yeah, that's what I think. You know, whether you think you're a pro or you don't, it doesn't really matter. Go and have fun. No, no, to be able to think that you're a pro is part of the allure of the hobby. That when you get in, you think this is really easy. I buy low and I sell high and I just read the sports page. And I find out who the great players and who's gonna who's in season and all that stuff. And they they think it's really simple. And if they persevere, like I said, that's part of the knowledge they pick up. But if they just hang in there, they're gonna have a few hard knocks to see it's more complicated than that. And if they hang in there, then they're gonna develop some wisdom. And over the years, they're gonna have a lifetime positive experience. But that first year, they have to. You know, don't tell them they're going to make mistakes, but they're going to make mistakes. Yeah. And you know what? I, I saw I watched a, an Instagram live earlier today uh, with uh, with with um, Amal, um Slab Talk. His, I don't know if you've heard his uh, his podcast Slab Talk. It's a good one. And he did, he did one today and he you know, he had a guy on uh, with him basically taught who was very new in the hobby, new as of this year and had no problem admitting that. Made that that the first several transactions that he did made tons of mistakes. You know, it's nice. It's nice to. It's nice when when current and uh, content creators that I enjoy are just open and honest. Because if they have an audience of new new part new entrants into the hobby, that they're sharing that you know what be, you might make mistakes. It's okay that you make mistakes. You know, you got you got you. Ha- it's like training for anything. You're going to make some mistakes, try to minimize, mitigate your, your exposure to financial loss based on mistakes and inexperience. But I think everyone's going to, you just have to expect to, to, to make some early on. Would you say? Again, the mistake is not like a mistake in, uh, well, if you're playing fantasy sports or your sports gambling, sports gambling, your mistake is you just lost money. You know, fantasy, you had the experience of, 
of if you're in a group, you you had that enjoyment. And if you're just doing the daily stuff, you you win some, you lose some. So with cards, even your losers have value. They have less value than you thought. But, you know, you, 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 you've got a collection. Yeah, fair. Rich Klein says, I have a collection, which I would add to, of hobby people. I do the same. I've got Jim's card. It's right it's right up there on my slab shelf. That is Dr. Beckett's card right there, right above my finger in a BGS 9.5. And I believe it's a true gem. I believe it's a true gem, Jim, just like you are, just like you are. Uh, Show Me says, that's it. I'm making a YouTube sports card content great set. I'll be honored to be in that Show Me if I, may, if I can make the cut. John Newman uh, is already doing that. I know when you when you go on a show, he sends you a card. Show, he makes a card of you. So I've yeah. got I've got a, a John Newman special for me, you know that he that he sent me. He's probably sent you one too. Yeah, he did. I'm on I'm uh Wayne I'm on a Wayne Gretzky rookie year design. It's a, it's yeah. it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. I appreciate the vote, Logan Ward. I on an A and G card that'd be that'd be pretty cool, no doubt. Um, okay. Trigger finger, Jim, for you. Who are your favorite players in each sport? I don't really have that. I, I just, you know, when I was doing the price guides, it just was really hard to, I tried to sanitize my loyalty so I wouldn't be uh, biased. You know, I, I kind of been in Dallas for a long time now, but I don't, you know, Roberto Clemente was my favorite uh baseball player you know i'm a little bit younger than roger staubach i thought he was great uh but then there have been a whole series of other great uh, cowboy quarterbacks i love dirk but then now luca is just as much and uh hockey uh mike madonna was was fun to watch so you know it's more more dallasy but you know i i don't i don't think that way you know i i, I wouldn't been able to do if i had too much hero worship I, I would lose my objectivity. Yeah, true enough, true enough. I know uh, Carlos from Because I'm Carlos loves to hear the Madano. There's another great Madano collector on Instagram who uh, shows beautiful cards all the time. And, of course, I follow lots of hockey uh, accounts, so I'd love to see those. Uh, good day, Global says, good day there, you absolutely amazing humans. There's some. <laughs> there's a good vibe right there, Global. Great to have you. Mike Wick said Stafford definitely has more weapons now with the Rams. There you go. Uh, Mo City, let's see what this is. Um, Mo City says, curious your guest's opinion on evolution of hobby sales on social media, especially Twitter and Instagram, and how it compares to the era of just brick and mortar. So I'm not sure how active you are, Jim, on Twitter and I'm Instagram. Yeah, but, but but let me just say it this way. is it If it's done right and trading and selling is among friends where there is a relationship and there's trust, then whether it's social media or meeting at the Starbucks or whatever, uh, I kind of like that. That's that's the way it used to be. You you traded and bought and sold with people that you could uh, that you could relate to. Um, you know, I, I think being on social media and sending expensive cards to people that you've never met before that you don't know that just all of a sudden popped up that seems scary to me. You know. Uh, and going to a card shop, it's hard to beat that. You know, an LCS going in there and and uh, meeting the people over time. I I'm real leery of, of people that come on real strong. Uh, you know, I'd I'd like to get to know the person 
at, whether it's virtual or, you know, I had a bunch of people that I've had on my podcast, some I didn't know very well and got to know better. And some I already knew pretty well. And, and um, so I think the social media has accelerated it. Um, if you're really getting to know somebody, then what venue you trade with them or sell to them is not a big deal. Yeah. yeah. But I, if I didn't know the person, I'd, I'd want to have a, a protected platform that was going to run interference for me. You know, that's, I, you know, eBay's got some protections. ComC certainly does. You know, the auction houses, if you want to sell through them, they're going to, they're going to, they're vetting the, vetting the, uh, the buyers. There you go. Mo city one for the task is I don't, I don't like to collect that way. I wish more people use that. He's quoting you, Jim. I don't like to collect that way. I wish more people use that perspective. Frankie's going to the to the national for the first time. Yeah, Frankie, we can't can't wait to meet you as well. David French says thanks for doing this and committing to the weekly grind. Hey man, it's a it's tons of fun. So you are more than welcome. Thank you for being here. Todd McDonald says great. Hi guys, great show. Does Doctor Beckett collect any vintage non sport? Not anymore. I don't think I, I'm really trying to have less cards, Jeremy. I, don't, I hope that's not discouraging, but I'm, I'm trying to have less cards. I've got, I have too many, I have nice cards that I can't display because I have too many other cards. So I'm trying to thin things out. I'm trying to winnow, winnow the herd and pull, pull out the prize winners. Frankie, who has a card shop in San Juan, Puerto Rico, Jim says, uh, what makes a card worthy of making your wall of cards? Or a collection. Well, I did a. Well, I mean, there's there's backstock, you know, so it's not just that. But what I like, I said, I am taking inspiration from Adam. That I think once I I have the wall, though this wall is the iteration from five years ago. Well, I've been getting some more cards graded, and the problem is to to pull one card. Oh, you know who did this? Mike Moynihan. Remember when Mike Moynihan had his beast? Yes. He decided to add some cards to it and he realized he had to take all the cards out to move in order on. to put in the ones that he wanted to put in. I'm faced that with that same same aspect. So in order to put in a few cards, so I'm going to I'm waiting until I get this next uh, submission back from BGS as a number of cards that go on the wall and then I'll pop them out and put them in and cuz they're all completely alphabetized and it's uh regardless of sport. So it's all all sports mixed in. There you go, Frankie. Uh, Gimmicky Fiber is excited for the show. Thanks for all you both do in the community. Cheers. Thank you and welcome to the show, Gimmicky Fibers. Rob Sonier is looking forward to the 10th year going to the National. Same booth he did two years ago. Make sure if you see me, Rob, you, you say hello and uh, let me know that it's you. Uh, show Me says, I got turned down by my slabs. They have really strict seller requirements. So on the one hand, I'm like, sorry to hear that. On the other hand, I'm like, it's good to hear that they're, and I don't know why you were turned down, but it's good to hear that they have very strict seller requirements. And then I missed this one here. So he also says, unfortunately, uh, Sasha T is probably going to end up on an Allen and Ginner card before Jeremy or Dr. Jim Beckett. I wouldn't say unfortunately. Sasha's definitely, uh, you know, kind of uh, stuck his flag into the hobby and has his place and uh, and, and he's doing a great job bringing a lot of attention to the hobby. So. I wouldn't say unfortunately, but uh, it is what it is, and good for him. Um, Rich says, Jim already has a Topps card, 2005 all-time fan favorites, so he is taken care of. Yes, he is. He's got a couple cards, actually, don't you? Yeah. He does. It's fun, it's fun yeah. <laughs> it's fun. It's well, fun. The problem is when I autograph them, I have to 
I have to tell Steve Grad to give me a deal to authenticate my own autograph. And he actually bounced one back on me and said, this is not like our exemplars. And I'm like, come on, Steve, I'm, I'm the submitter. <laughs> too funny. That is too funny. I had, sorry, I had this up there. Uh, Jim, another Jim wants to know, what do you think about rugby or cricket cards? Are they going to get some love in the United States? The, the, the superstars of the sport have to be household names. But for really, uh, when it, when a, when something takes off in the hobby, it's not just the uh, the, the Lewis Hamiltons. It's it's that next rank of of uh, almost goats. You you have to know. I think you have to know the sport. And so, if you only know one or two people in rugby or cricket, you know it's not ripe. But if they if people start following it and they understand the 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 kind of the hierarchy the the pecking order of stars then it's possible in the future because the world is shrinking they're not really american sports but they're they're global sports yeah so it, it, you know the, the the answer is not just buy sealed wax and keep it sealed you're you're not really a collector of the sport you can still make money on that, but ultimately somebody's got to o- open the Formula One or the soccer and figure out that it's just not a healthy hobby if you can only sell the the best card out of the box and the rest of the stuff you leave on the counter. There, there needs to be a robust, uh, broader interest. And when that happens, yeah, cricket and rugby could be, could be, could come on strong. There's, there's, Hundreds of millions of people interested in those sports have been maybe a billion. We just need to get them turned on to also being interested in cardboard. And then, and then it's uh, then it really can't lose at that point. As Rich says, um, our friend Ryan Nolan, if he has his way, that's Ryan Nolan from breakout cards. Uh, the biggest names in those sports are a yes. Yeah. He is uh, trying to, he's ahead of the, trying to be ahead of the curve or he's, he's ahead of what he is hoping will be a curve. I should say. Uh, when it comes well, to, to those Jeremy, you're doing this i think is that even non-sport uh celebrity cards i think you've done movie stars and things like that you know anybody that has some following and popularity if it's on an interesting card whether it's a autographed or game used or a 50s non-sport card of of somebody that everybody's heard of you know that's that's still good stuff yeah Especially if you like it, if you if you like what you're collecting. For me, with the music and the celebrity, I really enjoy it. And other people recognize that. If you say, "Hey, I got this guy. He's a, he's the the most popular uh, uh, cricket player in Afghanistan." Well, I I don't know that they're even play, they're playing different sports in Afghanistan, but you know, you, you it needs to be somebody that really has name recognition. And if they do, then people can say, "Oh, that's cool. Let me look at that." Well, ironically, as we speak, Show Me is sorting a large 1930s cricket collection right now as he's listening to this. So <laughs> there's someone else with some with some cricket cards. He goes on to let us know that there are some new professional cricket leagues popping up next year in Europe and the United States. Rich says, let's not forget today's sports, such as lacrosse, which is the official Canadian sport. I, did I even really know that? Maybe. I always thought it was hockey and ultimate Frisbee where there are cards for them as well. That's pretty cool. Rob looking, looking for, yeah, thank you. Uh, Timu card. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, be sure to say hello. 
Frankie says, I've been changing the way I collect over the last year, adding more significant cards, not in terms of value necessarily, but I do like historically important cards in the hobby. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Frankie, as do I, as do I. Big Smooth, if, uh, where did it go? No, oh, that is it. If Jim had to do it over again, would he have changed anything at all regarding the BCCG grading service and quality of the slab labels? Statute of limitations. Uh, so, you know, the the quality of the slabs and the labels were intentionally, I, I won't use the word inferior, except in the way it is in the dictionary, is that it was it was intended to be less than the the full service offering. So the, the slabs are not as nice. The labels are not as nice. And that was part of the distinction of that lower, uh, you know, lower price service. And it was a market distinction that really worked for the customers of that service or the, the B2B customers of that service. But it's, it's been confusing in the, in the, with the, the end consumer. There and there you have it. Uh, this is Eric Myers wants to know what table I will be at at the national. So I'm going to not let everybody know. I will be, I'm not actually at a table. I'm going to be headquartered at booth number 866. It's, it's the booth that is for iconic auctions. Uh, people I'm very, very, very close with. So they're going to carve out a section of their booth for me. I'm going to have some banners, a table, a couple of chairs, computer, camera, mic, that sort of thing. So that'll be my home base. I'll be walking the floor. But if you ever walk by the Iconic Auctions booth, you will spot, hopefully you'll spot my couple of roll-up banners. If I'm there, come say hello for sure. I'll be uh, looking forward to meeting as many people as I can. Thank you, Eric, for uh, prompting me on that one. Chad Shipper in the house says, Jeremy and Dr. Beckett, no better way to start National Week. Chad, we will see you at the national and look at that rich klein tells me not to not to forget to plug don't forget to plug my national location your way of doing that was really cool thank you very much rich yeah i'm going to be doing like intermittent streams if you're if you're there and you walk by the booth and i'm there maybe we just go live for five ten minutes and talk about your experience at the show that's kind of what what i'm planning and hoping to be able to do there okay I wrote it down, 866. 866-866, thank you. Uh, Rob says, we're doing a live show next Saturday night at the National. No, I'm not I'm, I'm not going to commit to doing a live show next Saturday night at the National. However, if I find myself in my hotel room by myself or in a lobby somewhere, you never know. Maybe maybe we can, uh, we'll work something out. I just don't want to commit to it at this point in time. Triggerfinger says, what sort of advice does Dr. Beckett have for collectors regarding the future of the hobby? That's uh, an open-ended, oh, that's a wide open question, Jim. Well, I, I, I'm hoping they're going to think about the, the the bright future and and aspire to lean into it. So I think the more you put in, the more you get out. That's not necessarily money, but if you uh, form some friendships, spend some time, collect what you like, uh, I don't see how you can go wrong with that. You know, when I'm talking about Matthew Stafford, I'm not talking about $500 Matthew Stafford cards. I'm talking about five dollar Matthew Stafford cards, which could be serial numbered, could be, you know, could be something that's that's interesting, you know, some insert that's a little bit tougher. So you don't have to have a budget that's huge to enjoy the hobby. I'm going to just kind of add on to that, and say, you know, it's typical. I think your people are probably expecting me to say it, but you know, find something that you are passionate about that you really enjoy because it will 
fuel you to keep to stay committed in the hobby uh to, to to and it'll bring out the collector in you the hobby the hobby doesn't only have collectors in it there are a lot of speculators investors flippers dealers all these different labels we put on different approaches to the hobby collectors are just one of them i believe they're at the core of it all because at the end of the day every card needs a, a final and permanent home so I would say collect what keeps you excited and interested and uh, and then you can expand out from all sorts of different branches and webs from there. Uh, okay. Leaf CEO Brian Gray says, Dr. Beckett, visit me next door to Jeremy at booth 864. That is correct. I will be set up right next to the Leaf booth and I will actually be on the side of Iconic Auctions that is right beside Leaf. So, I, so Brian Gray, I uh, put it out there right now. Duly noted. Duly noted. I I saw Brian at the show last week, and yes, I will. Brian, I'll come see you. Yeah, this is directed at you, and here I am talking about where I'm going to be. But uh, but I just want to say to Brian that uh, even though you're going to be the guest on the first Sports Cards Live post X post National, I do want you to come by and come on uh, with me at some point during the National as well. All right. Let's see. We are we are about five minutes to the hour. We got about twenty more minutes with Dr. Beckett this evening. Neon Neil Eli says, uh, "Dr. Beckett, do you think the hobby will continue to grow over the next five to ten years?" Have you ever read The Secret? It's the book that says you can't achieve what you don't believe. I mean, it's been misused and and exaggerated, but. If we if we don't believe, I believe it's going to grow over the next five to ten years. And if if enough people believe that, de facto it does grow. So there's plenty of positive publicity. There's more and more people coming in. It's our job to kind of continue that positive attitude. And so I'm acting as if it's not fake it till you make it, but it's acting as if I believe the hobby is going to continue to grow. Now that pr- prices may be stagnant. Like I did an episode about. The, the potentiality of stagnant prices, and that's not a a, 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 a deal killer. But I think the hobby is going to grow, and I'm going to I'm going to work toward that growth. So rather than predicting it, I'm going to try to help make it happen. So that's that's my best answer. Yeah, it's a great answer. I you know, and me too, Jim. I it's but it's just that's just who who I I think it's who you are. It's not like you're even you're, you're doing your part. You're doing your part. If everybody does a little part to help it grow. I like I, I like the future, but even as a collector, you know, I, I'm do, as a collector. You know, here's a comment from Jordan Hudson. He says the hobby will be around if that's what you're asking. Way too much big money has come in for it to just fade away. Uh, just being honest, but you know what? I, that's part. That's half true, Jordan. I don't think that that the too much money coming in is what the hobby needs to to be around. The hobby needs passionate collectors. There's been passionate collectors since the early 1900s, probably earlier as well. So the big money just makes it mainstream. It just grows the hobby. But the hobby, I think, is, is going to be around. As long as, there are, as long as there are people, there are going to be collectors. As long as there are sports, there are going to be cards. So Bobby Burrell from Vintage Hockey Collector says, So true, Jim. Good statement. The Hobby River has many tributaries. We get the thumbs up from Brian Gray, who's watching on um, on Twitter. Don't get a lot of people watching on Twitter. That's what that little blue thing by his uh, avatar means. 
Uh, Mike Wick said, I spent a lot of time at shows digging through the discount boxes and always find cool cards, and I love to brag on those deals. Yeah, if you love them, it doesn't matter what you pay for them. Love your cards. That's awesome. John Perillo, welcome to the show, says, hi, Dr. Beckett. What is the national love the podcast? Well, apparently I better do some more episodes about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually going to do one in a couple of days. Another, I, I've I've listened and watched all these episodes, not all of them, but a bunch of them that talk about preparing for the national. And so I've, I've, I'm trying to come up with 10 things that nobody yet has mentioned, because a lot of them say the same things. So I'm going to come up with 10 things that nobody's thought of. Well, you know, Paul Lesko, yeah. you know, who, you know, yeah. So Paul made he he put out a tweet, I don't know, last night or this morning. And uh and I I retweeted and I said, that's the best advice that no one ever gives for the national. And what he basically said was, don't go to the national and go day drinking and then go to the show because you're probably gonna walk out with cards you did not intend on buying. I thought, yeah, no one ever says that one. So you can't use that on your top ten uh, tips never given. Yeah, I was going, but that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. David French has a, an interesting question here. Back in 96, Upper Deck started putting jerseys in cards. Who can guess what the next great innovation is? I feel something amazing is coming soon. Have you thought about this at all? What, what the, you know, we've seen, we've seen subsequent innovations since jersey cards. Well, may, I, we've seen some, we've seen tickets in cards. We've seen bat knobs in cards, all sorts of different things like that. But these are all, sub, they're all, matter that is inserted into a card do you uh you know and i I don't want to get into like and i don't is it nfts is it digital digital cards what's the next there's a number of uh deep pocketed entities in our industry that do want it to be nfts i mean why wouldn't you want to sell stuff that has no cost of goods sold (laughs) you know that's that's sold in cryptocurrency (laughs) And uh, and you don't have to give them the money. You, know, you get the cash, and then they have this account for the their cryptocurrency. So I, I think that's what a lot of people are hoping that the next big thing is NFTs. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure it is, but I, I think there's some big money going into that, and we will see. Because if it really clicks, then you know it's like I said, it, it's. It's uh, there's no cost of sales. They just they they just put something out. And and so that that's the beauty of it. But it's you know, I I think the card collecting hobby has always been one of tangibility. And uh, so we'll see. You know, I hope it's not competitive. I hope it's not a zero sum game. Uh, If it is, then actually, if it is, I think NFTs are going to have a tough time. Because when, when every collector I know, pretty much, other than the possibility of having a, a huge score on the NFTs, given a choice to have something that's virtual and something that's that's tangible, they're going to take the card, you know, for the same scarcity, you know, except for the fact that NFTs have gotten amazing publicity for easy money being made right at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, a lot, lot of R and D up front that'll get amortized through cost over time. But after that, yeah, it's just uh, it's just sort of magic, I, I suppose. Printing, printing crypto money. Yeah, there's no there's no printing. There's no actual printing. Exactly. You yeah. don't some some human resource, some 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 
sweat that'll go into it. But uh, I like this one for the task says, you know, after seeing the speculative nature of the hobby he's held off for six months to identify a PC goal, light bulb went off, got really excited about the no hitter pitchers, loved reading about the 1917. No, no. See that that's, I've talked about this so many times when people say, you know, who do you PC? Who do you, everyone, they think everyone thinks that somebody, not everyone, many people think that everybody PCs a specific player and many people do, but there's so many ways to approach it and you can collect your own custom set. And this is an example of that. No hitter pitchers is a great, just a great approach, a great angle to take. I, I, I praise you for that one, one for the task. I think it's an excellent way to, to get into it, especially if it excites you. Yeah, but it's not, it's not, you're not going to hear that pitched because it's, it's not uh, a bandwagon thing that's going to have, you know, a huge payday at the end of it. You're going to have a collection that you're really proud of, but when you go to sell it, you're looking for people that had that same interest. So, but I, my hat's off to them. I mean, something you're passionate about. I'm totally with you on that. That's yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. if you can collect that way without really worrying about what who you're going to sell it to at the end of the day, then then you're collecting for for the right collecting reasons, and uh, and you're 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 a you're a collector, and there's nothing wrong with that. So nah, I, I love it. I love it. Joe says uh, we need more collectors than sellers and flippers. We need more women in the hobby, children, etc. And there are more women and children in the hobby than than you know. And and because I am I am constantly learning about more and more women and children in the hobby so um i think it's excellent but needless to say it is still male dominated and uh and hopefully it it starts to move the needle starts to move a little bit and it is moving it is moving gimmicky says first i feel like we need to encourage kids to get more involved to keep the hobby alive for years to come but prices and accessibilities are somewhat concerning yeah, I mean, typical, typical sort of, um, or, or sorry, not typical, but a common concern people have. But um, I think the concern is somewhat over, uh, over, overdone. I think that there there are things being done, and there are ways uh, to to get kids involved in the hobby, and people are doing it. We talk about it on this show quite often, actually. Uh, what is Rich says? I think some of what has been some of what has been tried about highlights on cards, which you get when you look at it. I think some of what has been tried about highlights on cards, which you get when you look at it. I'm not sure what he means by that. Do you know, Jim? Not sure. Okay, thanks, thanks, Rich. But we're not sure what you're what you're getting at there. Um, okay, <laughs> Eric says if I mention NFTs again, he's leaving. Logan Ward says, imagine what Jefferson Burdick would have done if he had access to social media. Who knows? It might not have been his thing, but if it, it would have been. It, was, it would not have been his thing. No. Did you did you know him? No, but, I mean, he passed away when I was in junior high or something, you know. Joe Pro wants to know, do you recall where you were when uh, Roberto Clemente passed away tragically? Any reflections on that moment? I know exactly where I was. I was at my parents' house. And I was, uh, it was New Year's Eve. It was in the evening. So it wasn't that late because I was in California and this happened in the Eastern time zone. And uh, I was just in shock. It, it broke on to the, to the news. And, uh, you know, there was hope at the beginning that, you know, maybe, maybe he would survive the crash because not much was known. It wasn't, there, there weren't, uh, you know, omnipresent cameras all the pl- over the place. So it was, 
in the old days. It's been what 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 would that have been uh, 50 years ago almost. So yeah, it was devastating, you know, because he was he wasn't old. He was you know toward the end of his career, kind of at the end of his career, but but uh, you know, but it epitomized his life. You know, he was a giver and and misunderstood, and so to have a confusing uh, but giving death. You know, I, I just was in a little bit of a shock and a funk. Didn't know him personally, but but uh, it was the end of an era. So I was I was standing in my parents' uh, kind of dining room, breakfast room, you know, in California. How did you feel? I felt sad. I felt uh, I, I, I wasn't I was uh, collecting at that point, but uh and he had been my favorite player, but I wasn't, I don't know. I just thought, I just, you know, I, like I said, it didn't make me redouble any efforts or turn my back on anything. I just thought it's just really sad. It's tragic. But again, this is a guy that, that did a lot of things uh, uh, behind the scenes to help people. And, and, and was not uh, fully appreciated for his skill or his, uh, or his, you know, his, uh, he, he was English second language guy, you know, so it wasn't, he, he uh, yeah, so he, he's a worthy hero, worthy hero. And now it, it's postmortem. I, I, I have to think that a lot of uh, Kobe fans, Laker fans, basketball fans had similar feelings at the time, although, uh, well, not although, uh, a similar type of, uh, type of way out, I suppose. A uh, rich client says that Sam was great this morning on hobby hotline. So Sam is uh, Samantha Shuford, who uh, is a co-host on hobby hotline, a brand new one. And she hosts to, to the topic a few minutes ago about women in the hobby. Sam has a YouTube channel called women in the hobby, women of the hobby. I recommend everyone check that out. She's been, inter- she interviews different women and some men as well on her channel. And uh, we, we have added her to the hobby hotline panel as of this morning with myself and this morning was her first uh was her inaugural episode along with myself dr beckett and rich klein so everybody please go check that out if you'd be so kind to do so uh david french says back in 1983 it was a mystifying experience to pick up a beckett complete baseball card price guide and now an ultimate demystifying experience to be able to message with the man himself right i i hear you on that david french David, that's one of my words. I mean, I, I, I really, you know, when I'm doing consulting or, you know, doing price guides, whatever, it's to demystify things because, I mean, not completely. I think there's some intrigue when you don't, but but to, but to help people make sense out of things. And so the price guides were certainly an attempt to level the playing field and to, uh, now how the prices were determined, that's, that be a very long explanation that I'm not going to give, but, but to demystify the collecting experience to help people enjoy it more and, and to not be taken advantage of that clearly was important to me. I want to bring up this comment from Footloose Auto, also known as Jeff Morris, formerly of uh, Pinnacle and Pacific. He says, great to see you, Dr. Beckett. I haven't seen you since like 2005, but it looks like you found the fountain of youth. By the way, my second son's middle name is Clemente. That's pretty cool. Uh, Jeffrey, I hope I see you in um, in uh, Chicago, or I'll get you on the podcast pretty soon. We got a lot of uh, history from uh, 15, 20, 25 years ago. Very nice. Awesome. I, I'm so proud to 
host the show where you guys are talking and making that happen. That's just that's just just amazing. We're we're getting close on time. We'll do some more questions. Trigger Finger says, Doctor Becca, what are your thoughts on all of these card brands parallels and the high print runs? Well, uh, the reason the players associations and leagues are limiting have one uh, sole provider for the cards in, in in these cases is to make that Panini's problem for basketball upper decks problem for hockey tops problem for baseball because they they need to manage their sport and so all those things fall in the purview of them i think not killing a golden goose too many brands too many parallels actually there's some people think there couldn't be too many parallels but i think there could be too many and uh the high print runs if it gets too high if there's a perception is too high that's bad you know there needs to be some some if if it's if it's easy to get stuff it's actually with the high print runs but it's still hard to get the cards so if that ever flips i mean that's what happened in the 90s is they kept raising the prices and their sales didn't go down their sta- sales stayed the same but they were losing customers and after 5 or 10 years of successively losing customers and trying to make it up with higher price points it uh, a couple of companies could not sustain that and that's why you see some of those inserts from the late 90s are really really tough to get because they're really tough to get they were tough then and they're impossible now too and those companies went out of business because of what this what trigger fingers talking about well so here's a related question from where did it go from michael ham uh how do you feel about jersey patch cards not being game used so more being a player worn i suppose or photo shoot uh and when they're used in low numbered top tier rookie patch autos or, or rare cards truth and packaging i don't like people telling lies so if they, they they ought to say what it is and and not be ambiguous about it and uh, that because that breeds confidence that if it's ambiguous or if they're trying to pass off something that's that's not they're saying it's game used, but you can verify that it wasn't, that's really bad for the industry. And I and I hope if anybody's ever done that by mistake, or I hope it was a mistake and I hope it gets rectified because it's it's not healthy. So but you know, if they say, hey, this is a this is an event worn uh jersey where the where the player put on 27 jerseys one over the other and flip put them over his neck and then took them off 10 seconds later and then they were professionally chopped up into swatches you know just tell it like it is if that's what it is it could still look attractive but it's not as the same as being the the jersey or the sweater or whatever that the guy wore when he was on the mound or on the ice at that moment so just ought to be truthful Rock Lake text Alex makes a funny comment. Sports card shows sound a lot like a poker room. Lots of money, not enough women, and everybody thinks they're pros. Very, very true. Very true. Uh, to Angie Volkakis, Angie, I see your questions. We just we've already addressed all of them earlier. It must be before you got here. So just feel free to rewind after, and 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 you'll you'll get caught up on all of your questions. Dan Wilkins says thoughts on graded Beckett magazines. I've always loved and collected them. Do you have anything to say about the graded card magazine? Oh, the graded magazine or grading the magazine? Oh, oh, I guess he means grading. The, 
Oh, I okay. I think I guess he means grading the magazine itself. I don't like that. You know, I mean, I, I I'm glad that BGS has a comic book grading service, but I, I'm not a big fan of grading magazines where you'd like to flip the pages. And I do have a lot of friends that that uh, tell me that they enjoy looking at the old magazines and checking out the old readers write and some of the set uh, profiles and comments that were made, some of the articles. So, so uh, slabbing them, I don't like um, the grading, the graded card magazine. Again, a lot of the magazines, uh, the dilemma is, you know, the, the printing process takes time. And so, uh, you know, the price guides are, cannot be as timely. Fair, fair, fair. Okay. We are running really out of time, even though, even though Daniel Busby says, uh, Dr. Beckett, please stay another hour, please. Uh, but I, I know you're not going to. Which I, call, is I, I got, let's say I got Daniel or I got Diane. I'm voting for Diane. <laughs> <laughs> Diane gets to decide when, when, when Dr. Beckett leaves tonight. Um, okay. There was one more I wanted to look at here. I, oh, where did it go? Um, Someone asked, uh, do you ever rip wax? I can't find it, but someone asked that. Uh, occasionally. I actually occasionally do. In fact, I, I'm going to bid on something. And I, yeah. I'm not going to say what auction it's in, but I'm going to bid on something just because it's a, it's a, it's a complicated what If I'm going to give it away, if I give too many details, but it's a complicated product that, uh, you know, my, my guys, you know, did all that opening when, when, back in the day. And so this is a product that I'm curious about. And so I, I hope I don't have to pay an outrageous amount of money, but I want to have experience of opening. I, I opened some, I op- I bought a box uh, through a different auction uh, three months ago and opened the box. And it was, uh, it's, it's fun. I mean, who can deny uh, that it's fun, but it, it, I don't regularly do it. I don't regularly do it. Do you have kids or grandkids in the hobby? No. No, that that actually makes it pretty clean. Another reason why I'm I'm more of a seller than a buyer. Uh, n- none of my kids are are interested, and in, and in, and they have other things, and they they, well, <laughs> any any parent or grandparent knows that if you give a choice a kid a choice of money or <laughs> or stuff that they don't want, they they take the money. So, so I'm I'm a yeah. I mean I yeah I have a hobby family that I enjoy and my my family family is, you know, we we do other stuff. All right. That's going to be it for Dr. Beckett tonight, everybody. Thanks, Jeremy. Yeah, you are. Well, great to have you. Give me two seconds, doc, before you, before you click off everybody. Thank you so much for joining. I will be back in about 15 minutes with Filmington. Be sure to come back. He, you're going to like this guy. If you don't already know him, if you do, you already like him. I promise you that we'll be back. Give us, give me uh till, 9.30 my time, 8.30 Pacific, 11.30 Eastern. We will come on maybe five minutes early. There he is in the crowd, Phil. We will see you very soon. Meet me in the studio. I'm going to go uh, fill up my water and be back. Victor, thank you so much. Thank you, Jeremy Pringle. Thank you, everyone else, for joining. If we don't, We won't see you on here next week, but we will be at the National. Be sure you say hello. That's it. We're going to go. Good night, everybody. Thank you, but we'll see you in 10 minutes with Filmington on After Hours. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.